strong boss bitches in the house. We're talking about infidelity today, oh, Monica. Oh my God, this is going to be a hot one. And, I mean, and a lot of this is going to be on you because you see it. I know, I know. You and it's it. going to be, like I said, I, I think I may have some controversial views about how I view infidelity. But we're doing this today. Yes, so, we are. So stay with us. Hello, everyone. This is Meredith with a Y, and I am your host, Meredith Willits. Today, we are going to go deep changing lives, and I am giving you the keys to the castle. Monica, I got to tell you, infidelity. I cheated on you last night. <laughs> Girl, was it good? If it was good, I, 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 you, had, you had a hall pass. I got a hall you pass. You had a hall pass if it was good. Okay. I, right. So I talked to another podcast host, but so I cheated. I'm just, I just Shame kidding you, you, please. Shame on but you. But is it a deal breaker? You know what? As an investigator, uh-huh. I am bombarded with calls from women suspecting boyfriends of infidelity, wives suspicious of husbands, husbands suspicious of wives. And after 25 years and well over 6,000, close to 7,000 investigations, I've worked a lot of, a lot of quote unquote infidelity cases or adultery cases, right? My view has changed about infidelity. Is it rampant? My God, yes. But what you have to recognize is that with the resurgence of technology Mm -hmm. and the advancement of technology. You know, 15, 20 years ago, you didn't have all these dating apps, yeah. your, your Tinders and your Bumbles and your matchmakers and your all this eHarmony. And but there's actually a stuff. whole website that's geared towards married people cheating. Absolutely. I forget what it's, uh, Ashley Madison, yes. is it? Yes. I, I mean, mean, there's some others. There's so many hookup, yeah. hookup sites. It's not even funny. But with the advancement of technology. I just feel like, and again, this is where I think our, our, this episode is going to be controversial. My view of infidelity has changed. When I was younger, when I was in my 20s and my 30s, it was a deal breaker for me. Line in the sand. It was a deal breaker for me. But as I've matured, when you get into your 40s, it just changes. It's not a deal breaker for me anymore. It is not a deal breaker for me anymore. And we, we were just talking, though, there's also levels. There, there are levels. But, and when you look at the core of what caused the infidelity, mm-hmm. so we have to, let's look at when you are just dating, okay. when you're, when you're boyfriend and girlfriend, not even when you're engaged, when you're boyfriend and girlfriend, it is fascinating to me that we are the only species in the world that is expected to be monogamous. We're committed only, monogamous for committed life. Committed monogamous for life. Don't look, don't look, don't swipe, touch, don't blink an eye, don't swipe left, don't swipe right. Right. That is so freaking unrealistic. You have to understand that we live in a society now as single women. I know in Atlanta, the ratio, it used to be 20 to one. The thing is fucking 30 to one. Men to women, men to women, men. There are 30 women to every man in Atlanta. It is insane. They need to they need to bring in the people from the guys from uh, Girl, Alaska because Alaska it's like the opposite. It is of insane. Men. We could send you to Alaska, Girl, please. I got a man, <laughs> because, <laughs> and I got a good one, and I'm holding on to him. Okay, right. But because it is so competitive, I mean, in Atlanta you have some of the most beautiful women in the world, not in the nation, in the freaking world of every race. 
beautiful, black, white, Irish, Hispanic, just drop dead gorgeous, smart, successful, educated. They have their own homes. They're successful. They're wealthy. They're financially secure. It's very different. So because it's so competitive, a lot of women have adopted, I mean, it's real controversial, this attitude of they're okay with sharing a man. It's so competitive. I can't imagine. That their attitude is, well, you know, I know he got other ones. I know he got side chicks or whatever, but it's okay because I'm number one. And I actually had a guy tell me that. I had a guy tell me that. Retired NFL player, single, fabulous. And when I found out that he was dating, like me and five other people, his response to me was, well, you number one. I said, boom, if it's a two, three, four, and a five, what do you mean? If I, right. It was like, you should be okay if you number one, if I'm spending the majority of my time with you. I'd be like, well, I'm going to call them and see if you say I that to like, them too. you know what, precious, <laughs> let me let you go out here with two, three, four, and five. Yeah, I got time Because see, I'm not, you're not getting ready to bring no cooties to me. Well, yeah. We ain't even doing it. And it's not, even when you think about it from a, being a sexually responsible person and practicing safe sex, you ain't going to tell me you're using a condom with all five. No. I know better than that. I have seen too many of y'all do that raw dog stuff. Get out of here, y'all. We talking about you don't like condoms. That's a whole nother episode too. Mm-hmm. So I don't even have an attitude of, it's like, if I find out my dude's doing something, we, just, we need to have a conversation. Let's have a conversation. What Why made, do you need what so made many you, women? What made you? Okay, is it something that I'm not doing? Am I not satisfying you? Is this just a situation where, I'm going to say it, it's an old saying where they call it strange pussy. Oh, Lord. Okay, maybe this is a situation where you needed a little piece of strange pussy. Okay, I'm going to give you a hall pass. Or, or, but you want a strange guy. Exactly. Maybe but you, you know want something what? outside of your box. Okay, so we're going to have this conversation. I got your strange dick. You got your strange pussy. You good? Come on, let's let's get back together. But this is a new. This is a big thing with the pineapples (laughs) and the swingers. My friends and I, we die laughing because you you cannot have anything in your house that's a pineapple. Like, what if you walked in and I got an upside down pineapple on my house wall? You think that you were coming into some sort of vortex of like us trying to hit on you? Like this is a thing. Like this is a thing. But I am telling you. Swingers, we think, but we have to. It is a thing. It's girl. a thing. In my oh, that's a whole nother conversation. But that could be infidelity, see, or is it? Or is that a way around infidelity? Is that a way to prevent infidelity? Like, but see again. But again, I took a survey, not okay, in 2019 because last year was pandemic, so when nobody, girl, we was all just COVID crazy, right? But I took a survey in 2019 because I found out that we had swingers in my subdivision. Oh lord! And you know, being who I am. I just wanted to understand how did they view it? And the ones that I found out were swingers. They were like, look, Monica, we've been married for 25 years. I love her. She loves me. But whatever we have to do to keep a little spice in our marriage, that's what we do. We decide on a couple. We decide on a person. It's never a situation where it's me with one person. It's always us as a couple. We've made the decision to be with that person. And I said, wow, so you all have made this okay because you've consented to it yeah. as a married couple. As an adult. Absolutely. As, as an, an adult. adult. Committed monogamous, so some not people, Some like people adults. look at it as variety. Yeah. Keep, you know, spicing up the marriage, spicing up the relationship. Then there's other people that feel like under no context should you ever be inviting outside situations into your marriage. I think any sort of rule is ridiculous. 
if your if you experience and your spouse make that do whatever decision, you want to do, do it. Have at it. Like, if you guys have discussed it and you've made the adult decision, and you're not forcing your and spouse, you're not forcing your spouse, and you're not doing it sneaky, that's y'all's business. But isn't that better to have that conversation and be able to move in that direction? Because I do have some clients that are swingers. Yeah. And I have to be super mindful to keep my opinion, opinion. and my views right. and my structure to right. myself because I cannot imprint myself onto someone else's life. Right. But honestly, I'd rather see a couple make choices that make sense for them than have someone go out and start cheating. But see, this is where I have a challenge. I will speak to you from an investigative standpoint. Right. When I have a client, that comes to me and they say, we've been married for 18 years. I suspect my spouse is having an affair. Okay. And I discovered that he is having an affair. Mm -hmm. So now, you know, and she doesn't yet. So from an investigative standpoint, when a client comes to me and they suspect their spouse of having an affair, and I discovered that her husband is having an affair. As I start doing a deeper dive, this woman hasn't had sex with her husband in two years. Okay. Okay, so you ain't had sex with your man. You're not pleasing him. But then you are devastated when you find out that your husband is actually having an extramarital affair. But then what kind of responsibility do you take in the fact that you have not been satisfying and pleasing your man sexually for two years? Now, there is a thing on TikTok, though. I'm going to come at you. There's a thing on TikTok that they say he's an asshole and that's why she ain't sleeping with him. Uh -uh. Well, let me finish. Come and find out she's gained weight. She's not comfortable with her body anymore. Doesn't feel sexy. Okay. So because she doesn't feel sexy anymore, she's just decided that I'm just not going to have sex with my husband anymore. I don't feel good about myself. How can I perform? Mm -hmm. Now, I'm sorry, but you have a responsibility first to yourself for your own sexual health and gratification. Okay. Mm -hmm. You also have a responsibility that if you are in a marriage and you know, and you understand that intimacy, mental, emotional, and physical is an important part of your union. I think that you have a responsibility to make sure that your partner is sexually satisfied and happy. How do you not have sex with your husband for two years? And then you're upset when you find out that he's having a damn affair. You partially caused that. Well, I think that this is a huge conversation because there's so many different layers and levels and there's so many different pieces and parts to women's sexual sex drive, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, like for myself, I'm on tamoxifen, which is just a crazy bullshit thing with the breast cancer. So it moves your estrogen around. Mm -hmm. It's a whole thing. Then we have women going through menopause. Then we have women that are empty nesters and going through all these different changes. I think that this is a breakdown of the union. The what you're seeing of not having sex, of what you're seeing of gaining weight, of what you're seeing and not having sex, being feeling sexy mm-hmm. and then having sex is a breakdown of the union. It cannot be blamed on one or the other. But like, so say she gains weight. Mm-hmm. Is it his responsibility to then come in and say, God, you're beautiful. I don't care what you look like. You're so sexy because you know what? I've gained weight. Mm-hmm. And my husband's like, 
I don't care what you look like. I think that you're gorgeous. He makes me feel, he inspires me to feel good about myself, which then allows me to be comfortable being with him. But there are so many different pieces and parts. I think that we can't break this down and say, it's this person's fault. It's that person's fault. I think it's a breakdown of the marriage or the relationship. There is a responsibility that you have to keep that open communication mm-hmm, that I agree with. where you can go to your spouse. And if it means that you need to have the responsibility to go to the doctor, I have friends that have gone through exactly what you're talking mm-hmm. about. Okay. Where for hormonal reasons, they've gone through, they've had all kinds of things, breast cancer, different itises, MS, and <laughs> all, all kind of stuff going on. Well, they've gone to the doctor and the doctor says, you know, I'm going to need to put you on this type of hormone or whatever to help you with your libido, to help increase it or whatever. But again, that is to me being proactive where you are taking responsibility to remain vital for you as well as for your marriage. Mm -hmm. But I think the communication is important. Communication is huge. It's important. It's important for him to know what she needs and what she needs to hear to validate her. But you also have to be woman enough to go to your man and say, honey, I know we have an issue that we've got a challenge. I know we got an issue. You know, I don't want you to think that I don't love you or I'm not attracted to you or that I don't want to make love to you. But I feel unattractive or my hormones are going crazy. But what I find as an investigator is that those fucking conversations never take place. No, they just fucking stop pleasing a man. You know, they cooking dinner. Well, they got to do that because they got to eat. You know, and they're taking care of the kids and they're doing all the mommy things that they're supposed to do, but you've stopped taking care of pleasing your man. That's not realistic to expect a man to sit there for two damn years unsatisfied. I don't give a fuck what nobody says. That is not realistic. Right. Well, I mean, and we talked about too before hitting record that there's different levels, different layers, sure. different types of cheating of infidelity of infidelity. Right. And, you know, back in the day, it was you saw someone you hooked up with them or, you know, you're calling them or whatever. But now there's layers. Now there's apps, there's now there's apps, sexting, there's pornography, there's, there's, right. on, there's online websites. Where or you, you can, can have just a kiss at a bar, you know, you're wasted, you kiss somebody at a bar, or you could have, uh, you've been having an affair for six years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you said it's no longer a deal breaker it's, for you. I don't, for me, it's not a deal breaker. It's but it's not a six a year affair. You're married. If this person's having an affair but for see, two to years. me, I'm out of fucking touch. Yeah. If I don't know my man been having an affair for six damn years, right. you out of touch. You've, you've, Women yeah. have an internal intuition no, that's that we know when shit ain't right. right. You don't have to see a lipstick print. You don't have to smell a fragrance. Energy. He acting shifty. Energy. Yeah. When you are making love to that person, you have to understand that a woman, you know this, you got to be JJ. We both have a JJ's. <laughs> When we have a cavity in our body. So when a man is making love to us, he is entering our body. Those energies are mixing. Yeah. You can't tell me that you done sat up here and made love to another woman, had sex, effing, whatever you want to call it. Okay. And you come home to me and I'm not going to feel that shift in energy of the person you've been with. Girl, come on. Maybe you, you don't want to. You it. know what ain't, you know what some ain't right. Right. You ain't got to smell it. You ain't got to see it. None of that. 
We know when something's not right. So no, you can't have no affair for six damn years and I don't know if something ain't right. But, and the thing of it is, is we were talking just in general, and this goes back to infidelity. This goes back to trust. This goes back to the gut feeling that you're just mentioning Mm -hmm. now is if you, even as a private investigator, Mm -hmm. that is your life's work. It is. If you have to Google someone, because I figured you, I told you, I'm saying if you have to Google somebody, you're, you're not even going to bother because you have it in your gut already. I said this to you. Yeah. My 25 years as a private investigator, and you know that I'm single and I've never been married, right? If I have to either feel like I got to run a background check on you or I'm going to Google you, I will not date you. Right. Because that means that there is something suspect already in my head about you. Spidey senses. My spidey girl, let me tell you what, my spidey senses, which is what makes me such a fantabulous ass fucking investigator. My spidey senses ain't nothing to play with. I know when something ain't right. I won't even get into it. I Mm -hmm. won't date you. Mm -hmm. I just will not. And we all have that. All women have amazing intuition. What I am finding is that women, because of the pressure that society puts on women to there's something wrong with you if you're not married. There's something wrong with you if you're not in a relationship. What is wrong with you if you're in your 40s or your 50s or however, and you're not? What is wrong with you? That women want so badly to adhere to the perception of Prince Charming that they're dealing with all kind of fucking foolishness and bullshit, and they have to stop it. I would much rather be single and happy than be in a relationship with somebody's damn son that I'm fucking miserable with. What yeah. sense does that make so I can make you feel like I'm living this perfect life? That's a fantasy and some bullshit. Right. It's bullshit. But don't you think that people turn a blind eye? I mean, I do oh, know do. people, especially you know, where I live here, people turn a blind eye because they would rather stay in a broken relationship Absolutely. than give up the lifestyle. Absolutely. Absolutely. The paycheck is way too worth Absolutely. staying in Absolutely. a marriage so that their husbands can do whatever it is. And you do see this in a lot I of very lot. wealthy areas. I see it a lot. Areas I see it a is lot. the wife's like, hey, the, the wealthy, paycheck, my wealthier clients, the wealthier they are. I have a client. Because it costs too much to get a divorce. I have a, I have a client. Wealthy billionaire socialite in Atlanta, one of the most fascinating cases I've ever worked in 25 years. Call me. And um, when I found out who she was, I was like, oh my God. I mean, Swam's a billionaire. And she said, I've been married to my husband for 30 years. She said, I was going through the laundry, separating the laundry. And she said, I found a lipstick print on the front flap of his boxers. And this is how she said it to me. I'll never forget it. She said, in sugar, it wasn't my shade of Revlon. <laughs> I said, all right now. So she said, I'm going to go out of town. I want you to follow him for three days. She said, I need to find out what the hell's going on and who this woman is. She goes out of town. The first day, he's a good little boy. He stayed home. That second day, he got up, went, he's 60, got up, went and picked up his 28-year-old little sugar mama, right? He took a shopping. They went to the grocery store. They went back to her house and did the, you know, the horizontal mambo. Did the horizontal mambo. And, um. He went home and then the next day his wife comes home. So I got video. We're in. All it is. Boxes checked. Do the report. I'm so proud of myself. I'm like, oh my God, I know she's going to divorce this ass. So when I asked her, I said, do you want me to forward this to your attorney, to your divorce attorney? How do you want me to handle this? 
So she said, she said, sugar, she said, I'm not leaving him. She said, I stand to lose entirely too much. She said, I helped him build this legacy and this dynasty. She said, I just wanted to see who that bitch was. Mm. When I tell you I was speechless, because I'm up here like, girl, it's over. I would get half of his shit. He's a billionaire. I'd be living in a high life. What you can't, what? Drinking my mimosas and chilling. And she said, I'm not going anywhere. She said, I stand to lose entirely too much. My thing is, I could though, not I'd, understand that. To me, I'd rather have a fourth and go live a happy life, not being second fiddle to a 28 But see, her, it was too important for her. Like she said, she said, I help him build this. But see, I see that. You know how they say you sell your soul to the devil? Well, I just I always tell people, it. selling your soul to the devil is not afterlife. That is life life. <laughs> You're selling your soul to being cheated on, to to money, to exactly. wealth, to a lifestyle. Exactly. And it's it's misery. It's hell on earth. But you, each, each, each individual situation. They have their own thing, right? They Everyone have has their to, own but thing. again. I think that we have to look at what makes us become unfaithful. What is the cause of the infidelity? Where is the catalyst? What what is the catalyst of it that causes it? Because there's always something that causes it. Whether it's competitiveness, whether it's boredom, self-esteem, whether it's self-esteem issues. You know, I know one of the guys that I was dating, I remember him saying to me that he realized that he had become sexually promiscuous. Because he was dealing with a midlife crisis. He said, I, you know, was always this, you know, I was always the jock and I was always, you know, the best man and everybody loved me. And he said, I start questioning my sexuality. He said, and I looked up and I realized that I just had turned into this hoe because I wanted to see whether or not I still had it or not. Yeah. And I said, well, you know what? That's great that you came to that realization, but who was the person you were either married to or dating? What did that do to that relationship? He said, it destroyed it. But again, like I said, because I get bombarded with all of these calls about infidelity. And it's like what you said, you made a really good point. It's different now because people have so many more choices. You ain't even got to leave the comfort of your home. You, you can have pick, to leave you the can bathroom pick up your damn phone and see a hundred people in the circumference. You of can your house, pick up your right? phone and you can literally watch a webcam of somebody doing everything you've asked them to do. You're yeah. talking to them, instructing them on what you want them to do. You can watch a porno movie. There's every kind of site you could think of. But even, I mean, I'm talking hookups even. Oh, it's crazy. Like you could sit in your house and quote, look for people. Absolutely. And not leave your house. Absolutely. And now you have a Absolutely. connection. Absolutely. But see, the problem Absolutely. is, is, okay, so this, this is going to kind of go around about, but it's a little Meredithness. is when I look at people that are, when I look at choices being made in life, no matter Mm -hmm. what they are. Okay. And a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, the Bible sin, whatever. And this is not a holy roller conversation. I look at the Bible. I look at quote sin. I look at those as a steering wheel of how to live your life without creating hell on earth. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I look at those as, Hey, don't kill anybody. Cause right. it's not going to go well. Your life's going to kind of right. turn into a pile. Don't steal. Right. Don't want what other people have because it hurts your heart. I don't look at it like you're not going to go to heaven. Cause I don't believe, I believe everyone goes so to heaven. So I'm going to ask you a controversial question. And I want a damn honest answer. If okay. you were to find out right now that Jim was having an affair, what would you do? How long has he been having an affair? A year. A year. Oof. 
I think it would be hard because at that point, I know that he's been lying to me for a year. I know that he's taken money and resources from my family to support that affair. He's taken time away from me and my kids to be with that other person. Mm -hmm. And for that means for 12 months that he has chosen Mm -hmm. to not align himself with me. Mm -hmm. And so I would say that we got a major, major problem. Now, if he's out in Vegas and he's whooping it up with his buddies and, you know, he goes to a strip club or whatever and ends up making out with a stripper. I'm like, I got you. Right. Right. I get you. It could have been me. I got you. You know what I mean? That's my point. Yeah. Again, to me, those two contexts are totally different. The latter is not a deal breaker to me. Not at all. It's not. Jim, now that means if you're listening to this. (laughs) Just like, this is, there's no hall pass. She gave me a hall pass. There's no hall pass going on. I got the evidence. She gave me a hall pass. But I mean, we have to let people screw up. Exactly. But that year, that's a deal breaker for me. Yeah, that's all we have. Because we need to have a conversation. Do you need a hall pass? You know, is it something that I'm not doing after this many years in our union that you're not satisfied. Right. You know what I'm saying? But people are not willing to have those conversations. And please, let's not bring religion into it. Because I know there's some people out there now and turned over and don't never want to talk to another one of us again. But, but, but I'm only talking this in the this sense of, is of bad life. Reality. Yeah. This is reality. See, this is what people don't want to understand. This has nothing to do with whether you're a Christian, you're a believer, you're a no, non-believer. This all. is the reality of life and what is happening. But what I think when you open Pandora's box and you are a married person or in a committed monogamous relationship and you download that app, it's murder, not homicide. You are premeditated going out. You're not making out with someone in the bar after you've had 300 tequilas. So you are premeditated going out there to look for people. You are a predator. So let me ask you something. Yeah. What I'm getting ready to say right now, it's going to be real controversial. I know they're going to wear, <laughs> they're going to wear our social media out. So I'm just telling y'all, this is the truth. Don't get mad with me. This is what, it's I, your fault. this is my opinion mm-hmm. and what I chose to. Right. I have a girlfriend whose husband is a big time pastor. They've been married for about 18 years. Quarterly, he would tell her, I just need to have a couple of days or a day away. So he's going on a little trip. Mm-mm, mm-mm. He would go to a local hotel in Atlanta and spend like a day or two and he would come home. So she said, Monica, I got curious. She said, and I went and I just wanted to find out what he was doing. What she found out is that he likes porn. Mm. So he would literally sit there and spend a day or two and do nothing but watch porn. So she said, how should I feel about that? She said, isn't that almost like a form of infidelity? She said, because he is attracted to watching eroticism with other couples or other women or other people. So this is what he's alone. He's alone. He's alone. But this is what my question to her was. This is my my statement to her. Y'all can get mad, get glad, okay? I said, how do you feel about erotica? I said, what's your opinion about it? Is it sinful to you as a pastor's wife? I said, but just as a woman in life, how do you feel about erotica? So she said, I've never really thought about it, but I think it's sinful. I said, if you find out that your husband likes erotica, you have two choices. 
You can either, as his partner, his wife, his lover, find a way to be able to bring that into the marriage where that's something that you and him can enjoy together. Or you can continue with the mindset that you have where it's sinful and it's against what you believe. I said, because if this is what he's been doing, we have a problem. We have a problem. We have a problem. So my suggestion to you is find a way to be comfortable. I said, because there's different levels of erotica and people don't understand that. Yeah. There's different levels of it. I mean, people could say Victoria's Secret is is erotica. And, And again, and I said to her, I said, do you wear anything sexy? And she says, no, I don't usually do that. I said, that's one of the first things that I suggest for you to do. I said, find something that you feel comfortable in, whether it's a teddy, you know, whether it's, it's lacy it lingerie, cute, whatever, just something right? cute. Find something that is visual, that's visually attractive yeah. and that you feel comfortable with. That was my first suggestion. Yeah. I said, and then number two, I said, why don't you take a look at what he's watching? And that will help you to determine, is it something that's too far against what your comfort zone is? When you look at something like the notebook to me, and you see the beauty of the relationship between Noah and Allie, okay? There's so many, and I'm not saying that that's erotica, but there's levels of it. We're not talking about hardcore porn here. Right, is it Skinamax or are you You, you in it? You know what I'm saying? So that was my suggestion to her. She did it and it literally changed their marriage. Yeah. Well, but there will sneak. be people, there will be people that, because see, I felt like you have to stop him from feeling like he has to sneak, sneak. and leave the home and be away from you for a day or two because he's sitting there watching, watching erotica. Right. You have to find a way to be able to bring this back into the home where the next step is not going to be him with somebody else watching erotica and maybe you know like so maybe, tell me what you think about so that. what i think is is we need to be so mindful that we're not constantly putting all of this on the woman you know it we have to look at it and go okay this guy might have like a crazy porn addiction we don't even know what he was watching it could be something really creepy that mm-hmm. you and i our hair would fall out right mm-hmm. so we don't know so but i think as a team and that's what marriage is is it's teamwork is so, we need to but you, so what you're saying is, I hear you, but I completely disagree with you. I know because you, I disagree with you, but I, I hear you. I respect your, I yeah. respect your opinion. We need to, I think we need to come together but as a You're as a marriage. saying that the, the honage quote unquote shouldn't have been put on the wife, but who the hell else you going to put it on? But my point is, he's leaving the home for a day or two to go he, and do this. Right, but he also needs to figure out like, look, what is a happy medium for me? What is a happy medium for her? How could I explain this to her that I'm not some creeper, like whatever? But see, he was afraid. He was afraid to expose her. He might have to- just been watching Skinamax, and she might be like, you know what? Actually, this is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But that's the conversation that you have to have, right? Like, you know. And so I think we need to continuously when we when we talk about a marriage. There are two individual people, mm-hmm. okay, that are coming together to try to create a life together. Right. right and right, right. no matter how many two, as much as I like you, as much as you like me, mm-hmm. we like different foods. Sure. We like different TV shows exactly. and different movies. Right. And so what we're saying is, is, hey, how do we connect our lives and our likes and our progression as, a, as humans, mm-hmm. 
you know, cause I might decide all of a sudden that I only want to do podcasts where I sing. And you're like, <laughs> I don't know if I can live with that Meredith because you're tone deaf, you know? And so what we're trying to do is in a marriage is create an experience for both partners to be able to grow inside of the marriage, but still grow as individuals, Sure, you know? And so he needs to be himself Mm -hmm. and she needs to be herself. And you know what? Maybe at the end of the day, the decision that they make Mm -hmm. is that every three months he goes, watches porn at a a hotel and she doesn't have to deal with his nonsense and that he can go watch his porn. And if he wants to go once a month, he can go do that. You know what I'm saying? So maybe that is where we need to head. But if, but again, if the woman is timid mm-hmm. or she's ultra conservative, yeah. why not find out if this is something that we can learn to discover, to enjoy ourselves, right. where my man ain't got to go to no damn hotel for a day or two. But even if he if does you go to can, a hotel, let can, him go to a hotel. I like to go to India. Jim has no desire to travel to India for 10 days. I understand and deal that. With that. But I have, but I have to be allowed to go to India yeah. to, to but do I, my shit. I hear you, but I would rather have my man at home. If I need to expand or open my mind mm-hmm. to what his idiosyncrasies may be or how I can please my man better. Let me take a beat and look at this and see, is this something that we can do together? Yeah. He wasn't asking her to swing. He was taking it. But what if he was? But then, so she would have to have an honest conversation with him about her comfort zone. Yeah. Because she may not be comfortable with that. Right. She may not be comfortable with that. So now we're at a, we're at a, at a, at a, what do they call that impasse? Like now we're not moving forward. And that's the thing. That's why we need to understand that some marriages end and it's not the end of the world because one day Meredith wakes up and wants to only sing during her podcast. And you look at Meredith and say, we cannot continue this partnership. I love so you. Let me but. ask you a question. How do you feel about erotica? Do you like it or you do not like it? I could take it or leave it. Like, like it, to me, it's way too much effort to find it on the television. But like, I know Howard Stern, he talks about that he's on, you know, his you porn site, like all day long. And Beth could give two shits. Right. And that's like his thing. He's right. a very sexual person. It has so everything to do with the couple and the relationship. It's a couple, some it's the individual. Like it, some people don't. But it's like my husband was. So do, do you know whether Jim likes it or not? Do you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't think is that, that a it's conversation a, I don't that think you guys a, have ever had. Yeah, you haven't of even course. Had conversation? No, of course we talk about everything. But to, I think for us, it's just not like maybe it was like on vacation. So is this something you guys have watched together? Yeah, have you ever of watched course. Okay, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a non. If you had the non- com- if you've had the conversation, yeah, and you know how each other feels, take it or leave it. I like erotica personally. Yeah, I do. So it's not an issue for me if my man likes it. Right. It's not an issue. But it's not a situation where if he doesn't like it, it's going, it's a deal breaker for me because it isn't. what What if he was like, it's a deal breaker. And now he's forcing his opinions on to you. Yeah, I mean, that would be a challenge for me because I, do, I like erotica. Right? I and what if he's like, you're sinning? <laughs> but see, this is when, this is why you date. This is why you hire slow and fire fast. Because you have to date your friends. You need to date Girl, your podcast if you partners. don't like erotica, then bye. Bye, but, Felicia. But, bye. See, but that's why you I mean, have, to have, have, that. you have to have the conversation. What am I going to do with that? Because it's not, it's, I do like it. I like it, but it's not something that. But what if you really liked him and you could only do it when you went four days a year to a hotel? <laughs> 
but he's like the greatest <laughs> guy in the world. You're using the worst example. Oh, no, I'm see, using I'm, your example. But I'm being so honest with I you. Know. I like erotica. And he says, I don't think so. We got a so problem. So if I want to watch it. You're going to have to go on a trip. Well, damn it, I'm going to go on a damn trip. But you just said we got to bring it into the house. But what I am. He needs to change his mind. No, what I oh, am saying. Li- no. Listen to me, you girl. You do know my dad's an attorney. Like, just, I am doing some mental just, warfare. You just, you just listen to me, girl. <laughs> listen. What I am saying is, all kidding aside, what I'm saying is I like erotica. Right. 99.9% of the men that I've ever dated. They like erotica too. It hasn't been an issue. But in your scenario, I would have to be respectful of how he feels. But why doesn't a man have to be respectful for how his wife feels? I I agree with that. But what I am saying, after 18 years of marriage and homeboy leaving every corner to go in a hotel. Let him leave. No. Let him leave. No. But I wouldn't want you to not, if you you were with, like, we're lesbian lovers. (laughs) <laughs> and you want to watch your erotica I and I, I am know, not I know you've been, I know, you've been panting after me girl. I know well hey and I <laughs> don't want you watching it in my house uh-huh okay go to the hotel I got you I mean we need to understand you know that what? everyone's different but you know what I'm loving about this mm-hmm. what are we doing getting married at the end of the month because <laughs> Jim's no. cheating on me no with some lunatic. You're so crazy. I know. So what we're doing is that we're communicating. Mm-hmm. Meredith, I'm telling you as an investigator, it stuns me that people won't have these conversations. But I think they're embarrassed. I think they won't. I'm telling you, I have Weird. sat there. I've sat with them. I've been in the attorney's offices with them. I've been in life coaching sessions with them. They won't have these conversations. And then they can't understand why their relationships are, well, hell, if you won't talk about it, if you won't bring it out on the table and let's talk about it, it's going to devastate you to find out that I've been sleeping with somebody for two damn years. Yeah. Because now it's grown legs. Because we, haven't, street, we right. haven't had an open, honest conversation about our life, but our this sex goes life, back, our intimate But life. doesn't this go back to being shamed? Yes. Being shamed as a that. child, being shamed. I would agree with that. I mean, it goes back to- It's the to, same thing with masturbation. Right. Religion. It goes back to the way we were raised. It goes back to you're shameful for touching yourself. Absolutely. You're shameful for looking at dirty magazines. Absolutely. You know, you save yourself until you're married. Yep. You know, purity culture, purity culture. Yep. And, you know, all of these kinds of things that make us feel bad about exploring our sexuality as men or as women. Right. And being told that if anything is less, anything left of, you know, missionary, committed monogamous relationship of marriage, you are a dirty whore. I actually have numerous clients that feels like oral sex is sinful, that that it's dirty, that it's sinful. Well, if you're raised in certain churches, anything is taboo. taboo. Mm -hmm. And so now we're going back to, you know, the way that your brain is trained to grow up. So let's say that Jim and I have not had that conversation about pornography or oral sex or whatever. Mm -hmm. And now we're talking, uh, now I want to broach the subject Mm -hmm. because clearly I'd be the one. (laughs) No. (laughs) So if I'm bringing this to Jim, 
Okay. Mm -hmm. But my entire being raised from a child is that these things are bad. Mm -hmm. I am pre-programmed that this is bad. This makes me a bad person. I'm probably going to actually go to hell Mm -hmm. if I do these things. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is big time programming. Okay. The shame that would be involved with me bringing, and I think this is why a lot of people do go left of center and do start these very taboo kind of sexual things is because they're not able to act out normal sexual things. So it gets kind of wacky. Everything starts to get a little bit perverted. Mm -hmm. And so we need to be mindful of what we're teaching people is that these things aren't bad. You're not going to hell if you watch porn. You're not going to hell. But there are still churches to this day that say you're going to hell if you wear freaking if you, Lululemon make, if, you pants. Were, if you were makeup, if you wear, if you wear pants, pants, if you wear jeans and we're still living in this purity right, culture right, where right, right. I have a really good girlfriend. She's so cute. She's always just, I'm like, well, you know, like this, that, and the other about sex sometimes. And she's like, he's your husband. All bets are off. Like it is, he's your husband. It doesn't matter. And so we really need to look at what we're teaching kids, what we're teaching Absolutely. about, you know, children the, that but, sex is dirty. People don't even use the right body parts well, when it comes and, to sex and they eat cookie and tookie and flooky and whatever see, else that's true that's I mean, true because it's true. all dirty don't touch yourself you're gross right. you know this that and the other absolutely and and again i mean the research and the experts say that you should teach your children the correct pronunciations for yes. your their genitalia you yes. know, just like you were saying, you know, cookie and, and yeah. cookie and tuki and pee pee and wee wee. And, and I talked about this on my abuse stuff. series that when you do that, you are actually setting your kids up to be sexually abused because the abuser knows that you do not talk about sex Absolutely. and sexual molestation. And being when you honest use, with them about yeah. how babies are born yes. and all of those but, things. But that comes back to like, what would be so wrong if your child learned that being in, in a relationship and having sex is a wonderful thing. Absolutely. But we're so afraid of our kids having sex that then the but whole see, my parents, concept we of had sex the real conversation. My parents didn't do the stork brought the bibbidi-bobbidi. My mother and father kept yes. it real. I mean, but we had the real conversation yes. where I understood. I My you kids know, are is, eight years old when I give that talk. Is that, but see, that shouldn't be unusual. That should be the standard with most parents that they feel comfortable with being honest, having those conversations. But if you got parents that are pre-programmed, that are pre-programmed, that it's dirty, messed up in the head, and shame, and that masturbation or touching yourself is shameful and sinful and this, that, and the other. How in the world do you teach your your kids where your kids really grow up being balanced, balanced, informed, sexual health, and intelligent about their bodies and their health. Yeah. You have to be open to having the real conversation. Yeah. Because I am telling you, I am stunned at the women that are uncomfortable talking about masturbation. Look at here, ladies. If you don't know what turns you on and what and where your hot spots are, how in the world is anyone else going to Is anybody else going to know? And you can't do the connect the dots thing, hoping and praying that he find it. I, because yeah. that's not realistic. I had someone message me and said that they did not know that they had a third hole. Excuse me. A grown woman. She had no clue that she had a vagina. And she was in her 20s. Said what? Yeah. 
And so, you know, these you things. You punking me right now, I swear, right? I, I'll show you the message when we're off. I'm not even kidding. So this is the thing. We're talking from a very progressive mm-hmm. parental you know, situation. But, I mean, myself, not that progressive, meaning my, the way I was taught. I still deal with shame and embarrassment, even though I'm in a marriage. I still have that runs through my veins. Do I do. Really? Oh, absolutely. Really? Absolutely. And being a mother, wow. it's even worse. And I talk about this on my podcast. And I talk about this a lot of how difficult it is for women who are mothers, married or not, good relationship or not, of switching gears mm-hmm. from being mom that is sitting there breastfeeding to being the sex kid to be right. And so how we need to give ourselves grace to switching gears, to taking those 20 minutes to, to turn back into wife instead of right. chef driving instructor, cleaning lady, laundry, you know, whatever. And talking about homework to now all of a sudden you want me to be a sex kitten in the bedroom. And I think I'll be honest with you. I think that's what happens in a lot of marriages is women are having a difficult time switching gears. Mm -hmm. They feel shame. They Mm -hmm. feel embarrassed to be wanting sex at all. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't want to appear as if they're that person you know, or just sh- shifting gears in general is very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. And you're tired at the end of the day, yada, which is why I tell women all the time, just do it in the morning. You don't know who you're with. You don't know who you are and you're not pissed off yet. Yeah. So just do it in the morning. <laughs> Make time. That makes sense. I'm telling you. That really makes sense. You don't That's know, Mark. What makes is going to click good on sense. just does. have that, that makes in the morning. That makes sense. Because you yeah, are not there yet. You're yeah. not irritated or overwhelmed. Exactly. But the thing of it is, I think that that is a very common theme. I talk to a lot of women that say the exact same thing. It's easy when you're dating because you're the kitten 24-7. You're, you're, the, you're the tramp van running around with the leather boots you is in it you have got the role played down girl, you girl know, you know my tricks girl you I know tell my tricks i tell you over the knee boots so that, i mean and that's why women are better on vacation without their kids because they don't need to think about changing gears i am so focused on a daily basis you know we're here all day doing this then i'm yeah, going to a doctor's appointment then kid 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 right yeah, i am focused yeah. and so for me to go and you know like shift gears and become kitten again like i ain't got time for kitten i'm playing in tomorrow's podcast well you better find time for you what you better let me tell you but i'm you better find time for kitten i'm gonna call you in a couple years be like what's jim doing he leaves for the hotel every three months what's going on go find his ass but see, that's the thing, though. Like, if we need to give everyone grace. We need to have these conversations. But see, that's it. Because it's because it's, it's true, though. Whether it's, whether it's your mommy and me conversations, whether yeah. you've got a good gal pal, you have to be okay with having these conversations. And I do, actually. And you yeah. cannot be ashamed of it. I find that that's the biggest challenge with a lot of these women. I know with myself, I told you we have these diva dinners yeah. where I get together with my girlfriends and sometimes it's five of us, sometimes it's 20 of us or 12 of us, but we get together monthly. We pick a day a month where we get together and we know that it is an intimate. So you'd have to put us in a closed room. No hold. Usually I order, get a closed room room. Right. Nobody hears, but it's an intimate no holds barred. We can talk about anything amongst each other. And we know that it is a safe space. It's not a space of judgment. It's a space where we can talk. I mean, the last one we had was fantastic because there were some things that came up where, 
you know, some of us that are single were talking about the frustrations of dating in Atlanta. And then the married wives or the women were talking about the challenges of being a wife and being a mother. And how do you stay sexy when you're tired of shit? You've just worked a 60 hour week and you know your husband wants to make love and you don't fucking feel like it. We were listening to all of that. Then I have LGBTQ friends that were there. They were talking about their challenges, you know, being in Atlanta and dating and the monogamy and the pressure and one of my friends just got married to her wife and she was talking about how her family is really having an issue with the fact that she's saying sex marriage. So we're able to have these conversations. Please find somebody that you trust, you love, there's no judgment where you can have these open, honest conversations. You have to, because it makes you feel less like a weirdo. Yes. It lets you know that you are not alone. Cause when I'm sitting here looking at your friend that, you know, the the person was cheating and this, that, and the other. And I'm seeing that in my head. I really do see a woman at home by herself in my mind's eye, mm-hmm. trying to figure out where can I find a libido? Cause I actually text my OBGYN and I said, Hey, I was just at my oncologist and she said that, you know, you could really, cause I can't take any hormones. Okay. So if my hormones are gone, that's too damn bad. And so she said, I've heard so that you can about- take a little bit of an antidepressant. So I text my, cause I'm not on anything. I text my OBJYN and I'm like, Hey, blah, 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 blah. And she says, well, I don't really think that would work. You need to figure something else out. So now I've gotten in contact with two physicians mm-hmm. and ask for assistance. Sure. And there like, might be some holistic things that you can do that right. are natural that you, can but you do. just have to be so mindful because I right. can't up my um, hormones. And this sure. is my thing. There's other people out there that have their own thing going on for their own reasons mm-hmm. and this, that, mm-hmm. and we need to be mindful, but I know not one woman out there. Mm-hmm. And I do believe this. There is not one woman out there mm-hmm. that is wanting to just not have a relationship with their partner and is just wanting to be, I mean, maybe they're pissed off at them and they are like, I'm going to withhold, but most people want to have a good sexual relationship. They don't want their partner to cheat. They don't want their partner to run around on them. They don't want their partner going to a hotel four times a year. They want to make it work, but we need to start realizing out Meredith. We have to have the conversation. They zone out and they feel like, well, okay, if he ain't saying nothing, it must be okay. Girl, he ain't saying nothing because he already done found an answer to it. And his answer is to have an affair. Right. So no, he ain't going to say nothing. Because now but you're, but you're living, you're but living self-medication, a, you're, but you're, you're living in fantasy. Right. And what you're saying and what we're both saying is that be able to have the conversation. People don't, don't have zone out, be able to sit down and have an open, honest conversation with your partner, your husband, your lover about how you're feeling. Yeah. You know, I mean, even if you have me, to write it down, you might not you be able to, write to say it, down. it. write and, it down. And, that, and that, it. Term, that term hall pass that shit is fucking real. Mm-hmm. That shit is real. Yeah. That ain't no play play. Sometimes yep. you may need to do that, but you have to be able to have that conversation. I've always come from the school of thought where I want us to be able to talk about anything and everything, Mm -hmm. because if you can't tell me, hey, babe, you know, there's this really good looking chick that work in my office and I can tell she's trying to come for me. What I am feeling when we're together and your mind is somewhere else and I'm trying to figure out what's going on, why he's not present with me and I can feel it. I'd rather him be able to talk to me about it then sit there and I don't understand why he may be distracted. He's distracted because he's trying to figure out how to handle that situation. 
If yeah. you have that open communication, let's talk about it. And it might put it to bed. Absolutely. Just by talking about it, it but might end. That's the whole point. Most women don't know how to create that type of open communication or and men. intimacy. Yeah, or you men. You have to be able to create that because t- that's intimacy. That you can't you intimacy. can't sit up there and be pissed off and say, I can't believe that he's telling me he's attracted to another woman. Girl, you better listen. You better create a warm and loving environment where your partner, male or female, can tell you what they're honestly feeling and dealing with. Yeah. And men too. Men need to understand that we don't switch gears in three seconds. No. We need to feel safe. Right supported, loved. We need to feel like you are present. You cannot be on your iPhone one minute. Yeah. On Twitter. Right. And then, and then, you know, expect to switch gears. We have no idea what's happening. We thought we got our bonnets on. We got our face mask on. We got our (laughs) mouth guards in my earplugs in, and now it's, it's go time. Right. Oh, hell no. I need, I need an hour prep. I need, I, I need my mind switched over. <laughs> but also too, as we head towards closing, you have to have realistic expectations mm-hmm. because erotica in porn has a lot of men twisted. Oh, please. And the reality of who you sleep with every night and what yeah. you're watching on the damn internet. Yeah. You have to be realistic. And I actually talked to my kids about that. You have to be you can't expect her to turn into this vixen because that's what you've been and watching fake. and you know you married to a five foot five 225 pound woman and you sit a real here, woman real woman and you up here watching this stuff thinking that that you have to be able to disconnect between the reality of the erotica and the porn and the reality of who you are in a relationship with Yes, you can encourage somebody to find their sensuality and their sexuality yes. But you also have to be realistic in that pursuit as well. Do you yeah. agree? hundred percent. Yes. But, and I actually, I did, I did, you know, my, my kids, as they get older and they have the access to the internet, I, I did tell them as they were getting older, mm-hmm. I said, look, there is a lot of stuff out there, there is, that girl. is available to you. And I cannot be oh there to God. police you all the time. Right. I said, but I need you to understand that that is not real. Right. It that isn't. is a fantasy, just like any other movie mm-hmm. or never ending story or Star Trek. It's just in the sex version. Absolutely. So it's important that we also teach our kids because you cannot be there. You're, you might think your kids are so good, but they're See, that's a fantasy too. Right. That a lot of these moms, and I'm telling you all as an investigator, please take your heads out your butts yep. and not thinking that your you kids are these perfect little angels. Because let me tell you, I can tell you some horror stories in regards to what happens in these junior highs and these high schools yeah. where parents are just I will say this, and I I hope it doesn't upset anybody, but I spoke at a a junior high school. One of the little girls pulled me to the side and she was saying, um, she said, Miss Monica, what are your thoughts on virginity? And I said, well, sweetie, I was raised in a household where, you know, you're supposed to only think about becoming intimate with somebody when it's someone that you love. You know, and you're in junior high school. So this is what she said to me. She said, well, most of the girls, she said, we're, we're still virgins. Some of us are having anal sex, but we're, yeah, still, I've heard but, that. But, but we're yep. still virgins. I've heard that a lot. Girl, too. I wanted to fall out. Yep. I wanted to fall But out. doesn't that go see, to purity see, culture? But, but as long are, as you're not having sex. But sex. there are parents that don't even know that their babies are even having anal sex. 
Right. Because they, they don't pregnant, know that. And they're still a virgin. They're in denial because yep. they're still a virgin. Girl. You're the anti virgin. Oh. So. So be loving. Have the conversation. Have the conversation. Don't cheat on your spouse. That's what we're saying. Don't download the app. That's cheating right there. That's premeditated cheating. Have the conversation. Don't open Pandora's box. Have the conversations, you guys. Have the conversation. Get out of shame. Get out of shame and create intimacy with your partner. Yeah. That's important where you can have all of the open communication where if you're faced with the possibility of infidelity, you can address it as adults. Yeah. Well, I mean, we did it today. Did we do it today? We did it today. We did it today. And we're going to be back next week. (laughs) We're going to be back next week talking about God. So that makes sense. Oh, Oh, Lord Jesus, we're doing it. We will see you guys all back here next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect on a more personal level, head over to MeredithWillits.com or on Instagram at Meredith with a Y for behind the scene footage and outtakes. Please subscribe and come back each week for more Meredith with a Y. Thanks again for listening. Cheers. Cheers.